This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, is it ever? Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Wednesday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who did not do a town hall meeting with Sean Hannity last night. No, ma'am. I'll be on Hannity tomorrow night closing the show in front of a live studio audience. But last night belonged to Donald Trump, and we will give you some of the highlights in this hour. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. I mean, there's just no escaping the modesty of the man. 888-788-9910 if you want to sit here in the kiss and cry room and dole out some scores for all the gymnasts who were on your TV last night. Uh, Kat Kamek is coming by from the great state of Florida, superstar congresswoman. Paul Morrow, uh, retired NYPD inspector who worked uh, at the tippy top of the counterterrorism unit here in New York City, weighs in on the handling of the border under Joe Biden, Secretary Mayorkas, and FBI leader Christopher Wray. Eight million people crossing into this country illegally. You have no idea how to defend a nation. But it actually gets worse because Wray is now sounding terror alarms uh, and saying we are at the highest level of alert we can possibly be at. So not the best moment. That can't be good. No, not at all. But uh, we're going to keep the mood light. We'll take the issues seriously, but we will not take ourselves seriously at all. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There it is. So 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... There it is. Happy Wednesday. Fired up. Uh, If you watched Trump's debate last night, I think without a doubt the highlight was seeing the commercials for my book. Wrong. But it was... (laughs) But it was pretty surreal. Me and Jenny were sitting there on the couch. We had Lincoln School Concert, so we had to go to the school concert and sit there in the, you know, back of the auditorium and pretend we were enjoying it. Shut your mouth. No, but we that's, you know, one of the tasks if you're a parent is you got to act excited about the school concert. And I don't doubt there's an age where they become good or whatever. I don't know that they're yet, there yet. And I think Lincoln would concede that. But, you know, shout out to the Rams. It was a nice night at the concert. We had a quick dinner. And we came home to watch the Trump Town Hall. And lo and behold, you're watching the last president, probably the next president of the United States, if we're being honest, sitting down with Sean Hannity. And they go to commercial. And the first thing I see is my fat face in a white sport coat. I'm like, whoa, this is nuts. And it is. It's nuts. And I wanted to share that insanity with you because it's only possible because of the people that have kind of built this movement up to what it is. It was a very very surreal moment. Okay. That being said, the guy sitting on the couch watching it, me, okay, sitting there with his wife, Jenny, and his dog, Bixby, and Lincoln somewhere with a set of headphones on, lifting weights or doing whatever the hell you do when you're 15. Uh, I'm still receiving this town hall like just, you know, an American who cares about the country. And I'm processing it through the lens of, you know, is this good for Trump? Is this good for the country? How does this impact the campaign? You know, what do I think of his performance? 
I would say this, and this is, you know, where tonight is so big for the Republican candidates who happen to be debating, which is going to be Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. I know Chris Christie's there. There's a fourth. I, I'm not, I, I, this escapes me. Who is the fourth, Josh? Oh, yeah, Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. I always forget Vivek. I, sometimes, you know what it is, if you watch enough Vivek, you expect him to be in the Democrat debate. <laughs> oh, that's right, he's on our side. They go back and forth, and Vivek's been fun, so don't think I'm bashing him. But the point is, the four of them are sitting down tonight to debate. They'll have a fresh juxtaposition. For everyone who watched Trump last night, you can contrast these people tonight with Trump yesterday. Okay, what really served Trump well yesterday is him coming in the immediate aftermath of Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Okay, the point being is Trump does have, if we could just start here and talk to you like a performer, like I go on stage for a living on the weekends or I go on TV, stuff like that. Okay, Trump has a gravitas, him being Donald Trump, you know, him having just, he has a lot of swag. Like Trump is like a rapper. I'm not saying you have to like him. Okay, but you should recognize if you don't like him. Trump is a rapper. You know, every rap song is about how much money they make, how hot their women are. Here's my private jet. I'm better than you. That is Trump. Okay, Trump ran for president the way people run for president of their fantasy football league. He just insulted everybody on the group chat. Okay, that's what he did. And when you watched him on stage last night with Hannity, it was impossible not to notice the difference in gravitas between Trump and a guy like Newsom, and yes, a guy like DeSantis. I want to be very upfront with you, and I have. Okay, I think you could elect DeSantis president and go to bed. You wouldn't even have to wonder who the president was. I think the country would be great. I mean, the truth is a lot of the Republicans running have the same policies as Trump, and I think DeSantis has a phenomenal record of accomplishment. But winning elections, getting this thing across the goal line, it's about more than that, especially in the multimedia age we live in. It's about so much more than that that the Democrats aren't even letting Joe Biden campaign. Tell them like it is. Okay, again, they're playing a prevent defense with Biden. He is off the trail. He'll do a private fundraiser in a living room, so if he gets lost or starts calling himself Batman, they don't have to worry about it going public. Just collect the checks, and we've got to get out of here, Bruce Wayne. But that's the truth. Biden's best offense is defense. They hide the guy. Okay, Trump makes an awfully strong case for himself when he's out there, especially juxtaposed against Newsom and DeSantis. They very much look like, if you grew up watching WrestleMania like I did, okay, you know, the Hulkster was fighting Andre the Giant, okay, in the main event at WrestleMania. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Totally. Okay, but before you got to that main event, there was the tag team bouts, there was the, you know, the Intercontinental Championship bout, you know, where it wasn't quite the championship bout. It was just another belt, so they had one to give out. Okay. Obviously, they had, at one point, it was called Midget Wrestling, which I'm not going to say. I work at Fox News. Obviously, you have to say Gutfeld. But the point is, okay, DeSantis and Newsom juxtaposed against Trump a few nights later, okay, look like they'd be getting in the ring with a heavyweight and they were intercontinental champions. This could be a problem. It did. It did. It, he looked a lot better than them. He looked a lot more formidable than them. Uh, we could talk about messaging, but I thought he had a pretty sharp night. Okay. The thing everyone's freaking out about, okay, and we're going to play you some clips uh, as the show goes on from analysis in the media. The media is a bunch of losers. Okay. But, okay. 
the media is freaking out over this clip I'm about to play you where Hannity brought up the fact that everyone in the media is trying to scare people out of a second term by warning them that Trump's going to do all of these things that he could have did. Okay, he was president. Okay, at one point he had majorities in both houses to start this thing off, and he didn't ban elections. He didn't jail his opponents. In fact, he was the reason, despite all the locker-up chants, that Hillary Clinton ultimately didn't go to jail. Not that it was his discretion, but he famously said after he was inaugurated, I'm glad we're going to stop prosecuting her. If only because Trump did have the good sense to know that it's not in the country's best interests if we're going to start jailing our political opponents because it undermines faith in our justice system. Like, I'm dead serious when I tell you we're in a really precarious spot right now where Trump's been indicted 91 times and it's not affecting him politically. I'm not telling you I want it to affect him politically, but I'm telling you the fact that it doesn't is a sad commentary on our justice system. It means their word holds no weight. Traditionally, if a politician got indicted for anything, 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 Just indicted, not tried, not convicted, just indicted. If a politician got indicted for anything, there was a speech that night and they don't want to be a distraction. They want to spend more time with their family, at which point they'd resign, fly off to the Caribbean with some donors and bang a couple of their mistresses. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Okay, Trump has now been indicted 91 times and he's not going anywhere. That doesn't mean his supporters are in a cult. Okay, that means the word of the justice system in this country has been cheapened beyond all believable bounds. He knows what he's talking about. But here is Trump talking about the latest line of attack, which is, oh, Trump, he's going to be a dictator. He's going to shut down democracy. Women are going to be illegal. It's like it's absurd. And I'm going to play you some of these highlights. But Hannity asked Trump specifically about this claim. And in the most Trumpian way imaginable, he gave them it both ways. Said, yes, I'm going to be a dictator, but only on day one. And then he emphasized why he would be a dictator on day one. Did it have anything to do with jailing his political opponents? The answer would be no. Some type of legal retribution for all he's gone through? The answer would be no. No. Trump will give you the line you're about to hear. And the reason the audience stood and cheered is because he said by in being a dictator, he's going to prioritize two things, two things that would improve the quality of life for every single American. Here it is. Clip two. Under no circumstances, you are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except for he's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's not that's that's not that's not retribution. I'm going to be I'm going to be, you know, he keeps (laughs) we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, no, no. Other than day one, we're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. But just to be clear, because Trump's using the term, after that, I'm not a dictator. Okay. But what he just described would not be the actions of a dictator. Closing the border is something the president has the actual legal authority to do. Bingo. Changing our domestic energy production, something the president has the presidential and legal authority to do. 
That's true. That is true. So you understand when he says, I'm going to close the border, we're going to drill for oil, it's not being an actual dictator. The media reaction, as you'd imagine, is this is a man who promised to be a dictator on word one. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But that's the reaction. Okay, now you have to understand, this is everything you need to know about politics. Everything you need to know about every interaction you'll ever engage in in your life. If the premise of the sale is bull then you shouldn't pursue this further. Okay, I'll give you an example. Okay, it's a good example. That, maybe we go back to the vaccine for a minute. Okay. We were told you had to get the vaccine. Why? Because even if you were young and healthy, you might give COVID to an older person who was more vulnerable. Okay, and you could kill them. So don't be a murderer. You, got, you, gotta, you can't be killing these people. But we know that premise is bull because if the vaccine really works, if we really can't spread COVID or catch COVID once we've been vaccinated, then the people who've been vaccinated don't have to worry what anyone else does. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, so the sale was a lie. And that's why people got a little concerned. So you understand when the Democrats are out here on the news, and I'm going to be playing you clips. I got some fabulous montages. You're even going to get a Joe Scarborough clip today. No, God! Going to have to do it. Okay, but stick with me. When the premise of the sale is a lie, okay, you're not supposed to take it a step further. When they're telling you, this guy just pledged to be a dictator on day one. And a day one dictator is going to do what? He's going to shut the border and drill for oil. Oh, so the, the country will be safer, less fentanyl poisonings. The resources in the inner cities won't be so overwhelmed. Kids won't be in classrooms with 80 kids, 30 of whom don't speak English. That's happening in New York City right now. That's heartbreaking. That's a worse quality of education for every legal citizen going to school. And it's a worse quali- quality of education for every migrant we're letting into the country because they're now being taught in a language they don't understand. Okay, they're not gaining. We're not gaining. Okay, so closing the border makes the country safer from fentanyl, street safer from crime. Okay, takes the edge off of a lot of our resources, the strain that we're feeling. And oh, by the way, drilling for oil brings down the cost of gas, changes the supply and demand ratios. It takes the teeth out of guys like Putin, countries like Iran that have been enriched by our domestic energy production that are now able to subsidize attacks on us and our allies in the Middle East. Okay, what Trump just dictated would be a win for every single American. Bingo, man, bingo. So when they try to react to this town hall last night, is if Trump rolled in in an army tank wearing fatigues like I'm wearing on Fox Nation right now, okay, that was them trying to sell you a lie, okay? Why are they trying to sell you a lie, Jimbo? It's because any case they can make for themselves is complete and total garbage. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. A show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, 
to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So if you remember correctly, Donald Trump told Sean Hannity, who would be a dictator for one day, and he would use that dictatorial power to shut the southern border and increase oil drilling here in the country. Hardly the stuff that would imprison opponents or ban democracy or anything in between. But here is Joe Scarborough reacting as if Trump said something completely different and going after the audience that cheered for the Trump crowd. Let's start with clip three. If any other politician in American history were asked a question, are you going to be a dictator? <laughs> no. Donald Trump never answered it. Mm-hmm. He never answered no. it. And the, when he said, and I just want, there, there's a sickness. There is a sickness among, unfortunately, some of our fellow Americans regarding authoritarianism and totalitarianism. They want it mm-hmm. because... Willie, when he promised that he would be a dictator on day one, he got applause. That was embarrassing. Why? Because they didn't applaud for him being a dictator. They applauded at the very end of the line when he said, I am going to shut the border and drill for oil. Okay. after that, I'm not a dictator. The point is, he was never going to be a dictator. He said, I'm going to shut the border and drill for oil, not dictator stuff. The crowd is clapping. Because he vowed to shut the border and drill for oil, something Americans are desperate for the government to do. Oh, wow. So when you hear somebody like Joe Scarborough going in on the crowd, it's because they're desperate because they know that what Trump said was effective. Here's the rest of it. Clip four. That just shows, Willie, how stupid he is. And I've got to say, people who applaud, drill, 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 how stupid they are, because that's what we're doing right now. In fact, record, like Biden's administration, I know a lot of people on the left aren't going to like this. Their, like, their, their presidency is seeing more oil production than any other presidency in U.S. history. Not true. And yet they applaud drill, drill, drill. They also could be victims of a cult-like personality. Well, listen, this is, this is, this is... By the way, it's not good for America. There's a personality cult. It's very bad for America. And make no mistake of it, a large chunk of those people in that audience cheering when Donald Trump said, I'll be a dictator on day one. Well, they want that. This guy's a serious ass. They don't want a dictator. Do you understand? They're not in a cult. The economy was better under Trump exponentially than it is under Biden. Is wanting a better economy make you a cult member? The answer would be no. Okay, the border was secure. Okay, literally 160% lower when it comes to illegal border crossings than it is under Biden. Does that make you a member of a cult? The answer would be no. We weren't on the brink of World War III. Does wanting to avoid World War III make you the member of a cult? The answer would be no. No. Joe Scarborough, dude, come on. You are so full of sh- Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. 
His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Oh, they're playing Chuck Berry, no particular place to go. But you've got a place to go, girlfriend. It's foxnewsbooks.com to get a new copy of Cancel Culture Dictionary. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, come on, i got to plug the book. That's the gig. It's a big event. Uh, my book now available for pre-order. If you didn't hear the news yesterday, we only said it 5,322 times on the show yesterday. So there is a chance you might have missed it. Uh, there was a split second, I believe, where we weren't talking about it. But yes, if you want to support your radio buddy uh, and you want to play a role in bringing me to your market, we're going to be announcing the dates for my uh, winter and spring book tour. Uh, and they want to obviously send me to the markets that are buying the most books, if only because you know they want to film it. It's good PR for the book publisher, HarperCollins, and everything in between. Uh, and, of course, if you know me, uh, I show up to these events and meet everybody there. If you were in the Carson Nugget this weekend, we all met. Okay, this Saturday I will be at Texas Music City in Tyler, Texas. Uh, I'll be down there from 3 to 5 p.m. with the KTBB crowd. And if you pre-order a copy of my book, we will be bringing you an autograph insert. So we can slide it into the book and you can, you know, if you're giving it away as a Christmas gift, you'll have something to give them under the tree, which is the autographed insert. The book's going to show up in January. Uh, Or even if you're buying it for yourself and you're one of those crazy people who wants my autograph. I don't know. It blows my mind that anybody wants to... You know, I'm like a few years removed from someone saying my name in public and me just running, (laughs) not turning around being like, yeah, hey, thanks for watching. You know, it's a whole new frontier for me, Uh, but I'm very thankful for it. And if you're coming out to Tyler, Texas this Saturday, pre-order the copy of the book, you'll get it signed. Uh, If you're coming out to the Palm Beach Kennel Club the following Saturday, the 16th of of December, same offer, foxnewsbooks.com. And I will get you that book autographed when I see you in person. In the meantime, I'm going to be seeing you over the phones, 888-788-9910. Jim out in Kewanee, Illinois. Yo, Jim. Hey, how are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing, man. Um, Mike, you have, a, you have a Trump take, and I'm interested to hear it. Yeah, I just I would like to see him participate in the debates mm-hmm. and kind of defend himself. He's got a lot of baggage and. Mm-hmm. The other candidates and him need to, you know, debate those things. I think. I don't think you. you know, how many? How yeah. many candidates have a gag order? You know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you're wrong to say that because what's happening right now is Trump is obviously defensively protecting his lead. He doesn't want to give the other candidates a chance to close the gap by having a good night against him at a debate. But where that's a liability, I think, for Republican voters is because we're not really talking about the potential baggage that Trump brings into the general election, I think people are being seduced into believing this is a far more winnable election for Trump than it is. Like, I'd be the first one to tell you, I think Trump's exponentially better than Biden, but he's going to have a very hard time winning the general election. You know, yeah. and, and, and they need to deal with that on the front end, because if, in fact, he's going to be the nominee as a party, we have to understand how to package that nominee. And that's where it would be good to spar over his record a little bit. Yeah, I, I just think he needs to defend that, you know, before they get the nomination, he just can't assume that he's going to get it, you know. And mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We need- Go ahead. Uh, no, you're not. You're not wrong. Um, and and the truth is, 
you know, whether you support you know, he's, Trump. He's kind of been an angry, sore loser, you know. <laughs> well, and, uh-huh. Are you saying after the 2020 election? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I could have handled it better. Um, you know, right. I, I hate yeah. the f- I, was, I was, just was hoping he'd do better in his term and. I was kind of disappointed the way he left office. And- yeah, nobody likes the aftermath of the election, but I think there's not a person on this planet that wouldn't trade the condition the country was in under Trump versus the condition it's in under now in terms of the economy and crime and the border and fentanyl and everything in between. So I think you got good points, and I agree with uh, the main one, which is that Trump should get in the ring with the other guys. Thanks for the call, Jim. Have a great day, man. Uh, Jim is not wrong, okay, when he says you know Trump should get in the ring. I get it both ways. There's, uh, you know, looking at it as a sporting event, you're just running out the clock. You have a big lead. Don't give them a chance to come back in the primaries. But at the same time, this is not the Super Bowl. This is the AFC title game. You win this AFC title game, you go into this Super Bowl against an NFC team that is absolutely going to be focusing on your negatives. The one thing Trump has going for him right now is there's very little coverage of his negatives on the Republican side of the aisle. Because most of the coverage is about the poor state of disrepair Biden has left the country in. That's an advantage for Trump. Okay, I will give Hannity's credit because Hannity asked Trump last night about the attacks on him. People say you're going to be a dictator. Okay, Trump famously said, what, I'll be a dictator for one day. Let me play the clip one more time because Chris Cuomo, Chris Cuomo of all places, Okay, a show that got kicked off of CNN. CNN is the worst. But Chris Cuomo reacted to the Trump dictator clip and to his credit, saw through all the hyperventilating going on in the left. Oh, he said he's going to be a dictator. He said he was going to shut down the border and drill for oil. Here's the sound clip, and you will specifically hear what the audience applauds is him saying, I will shut down the border and drill for oil. Okay, clip two. Under no circumstances, you are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except for? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill, drill, drill. That's not not retribution. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, (laughs) we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, no, no. Other than day one, we're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. You hear that clapping? We're closing the border. We're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. And they're clapping. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay. That's what they're clapping for. I'm going to close the border. I'm going to drill for oil. And after that, I'm not going to be a dictator. Now, to be clear... You wouldn't be a dictator if you were closing the border and drilling for oil. But what the audience is clapping for is not authoritarianism like Joe Scarborough just tried to sell you. And this is a show that calls balls and strikes. Chris Cuomo, I have trashed up and down and sideways, especially for his handing, handling of his brother, Hansy Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Okay, I'm no fan of Chris Cuomo, but as a guy who calls balls and strikes... He did a fairly good job of articulating this whole approach, this whole attempted sell that Trump was trying to be a dictator. Again, I just played you Trump's words. Going to shut down the border, drill for oil. After that, I wouldn't be a dictator. During that, he wouldn't be a dictator. But Joe Scarborough wants you to believe, oh, the audience is cheering for dictators. They want dictators. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. 
because they don't want. That's not what they asked for. Okay, they're getting closer to a dictator now. Okay, what do I mean by that? A dictator jails their political opponents. A dictator fires people from their jobs, denies them an ability to make a living if they don't adhere to his policies. When it comes to the COVID vaccine, that's exactly what Joe Biden did. A dictator cracked down on a segment of the population using the full force of government to do so. People who hadn't broken laws, people who had rights under the Constitution to critique the administration, to ask viable and real questions about what type of foreign business dealings this president was engaged in. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, his son's business partners say, yes, he's the big man. He's the brand. He's the reason the kid got paid. Okay, they've testified under oath. But this government has been denying people the right through social media censorship to share their protected speech. Okay, that is what a dictator does. You understand Every Democratic attack line is an exercise in projection. It is. I'm not telling you that as a Republican. I'm telling you that as an American. Okay, don't ever. I mean, everyone you want me to tell you, oh, Republicans are a bunch of racists. Democrats are calling for the elimination of the Jewish race. And we're going to play you sound clips in the next hour of the presidents of Harvard and MIT defending students' rights to call for the elimination of the Jewish race. The same people who told you Halloween could be culturally insensitive, we've got to cancel it. But you're cool to chant, kill the Jews. Because that's not culturally insensitive. That's what we're being told. That is a lie. Of course it is. But that's what you're dealing with on the left. But a lot of the left's exercises in attack are exercises in projection. What did they impeach Donald Trump for? Wrongdoing in Ukraine. They said, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. He threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine if they didn't do what he wanted them to do. You know, like Joe Biden got caught doing and bragged about doing on video. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Got fired. Whoa! Fire who I tell you to, or you're not getting the government aid. He should be behind bars! Okay, that is illegal. And he got an applause break on that. Oh, way to go, Joe! Trump was actually physically impeached because he asked the then president of Ukraine, hey, about this allegation that Biden threatened to withhold aid from you guys if you didn't fire some corrupt prosecutor that he claimed was corrupt but was actually investigating his family in Ukraine. About that claim, okay, Trump was impeached because of asking about what I just played you. Talk to me about projection. That's what they do. So you understand when they're yelling that Trump's going to be a dictator, That's their way of shifting the conversation to Trump and taking your eye off of the fact that the current guy in office is a dictator. You're absolutely right. But here is Chris Cuomo not making that point, but at least trying to split hairs a little bit for you on this Trump thing. Clip five. I feel that what the media, the left is doing is well-intentioned. They care, but they're giving Trump too much credit. 
and they're making him a big deal. The reason the guy isn't going to destroy any of the institutions is because he doesn't understand them, Scotty. He doesn't have those kinds of ambitions. He doesn't have that kind of philosophy. He's not a megalomaniac because he doesn't think that way. He just wants to win because he lost. And he wants to get back in and do what he did the first time, which is basically what Republicans do with a lot worse language. I admire your honesty. Spot on. And that is Trump at the end of the day. He did what Republicans do with a lot worse language. That's it. But to be clear, just so we understand each other, the reason Trump holds sway with the majority of voters in his party is because, uh, 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 and this is where Cuomo was wrong, he did what Republicans say they're going to do with a lot worse language. Okay, what Republicans do and what they say they're going to do are entirely different things. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, don't ever forget. Republicans told you they were going to repeal and replace Obamacare for eight years on talk radio. A lot of you heard it every night. Okay, but when Trump got into office, the first domestic priority he pursued was repealing and replacing Obamacare. And the traditional establishment Republicans who had spent eight years campaigning and fundraising on repeal and replace Obamacare, had never actually drawn up a plan to repeal and replace Obamacare. That's just how white folks will do you. So you understand Trump ran on things every Republican runs on. Ah, we'll secure the border. We'll stop giving away all our money. We'll work on government spending. We're not going to be the world's ATM. Every single Republican runs on that. I think he's got a point. Okay, the point is Trump actually followed through on it. And the reason people were willing to overlook his language is because you actually watched an America first president who didn't read the room. He got out there every day and realized being president is an opportunity to lead the room. I don't care how it polls. I don't care if the media screams. This is what I think is best for the country. That's leadership. I give DeSantis credit in Florida. He has demonstrated real leadership. He locked down Florida like everybody else for a few weeks. Okay, but he was one of the first two governors to reopen, and he reopened full force because he realized the federal government was crushing his state, and they didn't have the authority to do so. And more importantly, they didn't have the scientific data to justify any of the extreme measures they were taking. So in the face of drastic criticism, DeSantis was accused of an exercise in human sacrifice. He... Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, an exercise in human sacrifice. Democrats are so full of crap. But that was the charge. Okay. Yet they were still willing to pursue what they thought was the right move for their people. DeSantis deserves credit for that. You can't give Trump credit for that. Like if we're calling a fair fight here, he followed Fauci. As much as Republicans hate Fauci and Fauci has become a Republican target. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Totally. But understand the reason Trump's not president is he listened to Fauci. He shut down the economy. He shut down the schools. He crushed his economy. Trump was about to leave office or at least finish a term with the greatest record of job creation in the history of the of the office. But he wound up leaving with a net negative jobs number because of the shutdowns. Okay, Trump had actually succeeded in reducing deficit spending, but left with a massive deficit increase, bigger even than Obama's, because of all the money they suddenly earmarked for COVID at the end of his term. They rewrote history on Trump. And I, you know, 
through the fog of war, a lot of people look back and go, you know, well, you know, we need Trump back in there because he'd be tough on Fauci and the bureaucrats. Trump's back of his baseball card, okay, as far as that stat goes, he was not tough on Fauci and the bureaucrats. This guy will say anything. No, I'm telling you the truth. He wasn't. Okay, was he a better leader than Biden? Yes, he's been a better leader on a lot of fronts than most presidents we've had in the last 20 years. Okay, and I'm not telling you he couldn't be president again. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just telling you that this is a lot more nuanced than anybody's willing to discuss because politics succeeds for Democrats when it's an exercise in oversimplification. Agree with us or people are going to die. Get the vaccine or people are going to die. Support climate change. People are going to die. Do you remember the Hillary Clinton clip I played you from yesterday? She's like, we got all these heat deaths in Africa. Climate change. Uh, Here's a newsflash, guys. It's been hot in Africa every day for as long as there's ever been in Africa. Correct the mundo. So this idea that we somehow climb like that's a new thing. Stop it. Okay, but when it comes to who's going to win this thing going forward, it could be Trump, could be DeSantis, okay, could be Nikki Haley. Wrong. I don't know. I'm just saying, whoever wins this thing, right now more than ever, we need a leader, okay? We don't need someone who reads the room. We very well need somebody who knows how to lead the room. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. You're listening to the most relatable man on the radio. Best way to describe him is to say he's the typical boy next door. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the very bottom of this hour. Uh, We're going to get to your calls, texts, tweets, and carrier pigeons at the tippy top of the next hour. Uh, <laughs> this is wow. Cat Kamek is coming by, okay, from the great state of Florida. We've also got Paul Morrow in the on deck circle, swinging a little bat with a donut on it right now. And uh, we're going to get some you and me time in. You know, I've been traveling. Last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I was recording my audio book. But uh, I am back in studio, and uh, we're going to get into the phone. So 888-788-9910. Uh, we are going to talk Domestic energy production. We'll talk about the Trump dictator comments. A little bit of an anti-Semitism thing going on on college campuses. Whatever you're into, this is America's, you know, family dinner. You bring it to the dinner table, and I'm dad at the end of the table slurring his speech with the hiccups. Just play dumb. Give me your political theories, and I'll give it back to you the best I can. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. And here we go. Big hour coming up of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons. If it's out there, it's in here. It's going to go down in this hour. We're going to have some you and me time. We're going to be joined by Kat Kamek. We're going to talk about college campuses right now over at Harvard and MIT. They're crazy. They really are. Uh, and I am, of course, crazy about you. Excited to get the band back together. I've been on the road. I had days off last week. I was getting heckled. Get to work, you bum. But I was working. I was recording my audio book. I was hosting Fox News Saturday night. I'm never off. Uh, This weekend, I'll be in Texas at Texas Music City in Tyler, Texas, meeting all the KTBB listeners. If you come out and see me in action, you can pre-order my book now 
and get an autograph for it when we meet in Texas on Saturday. They're sending me down there with inserts that we will sign. And when your book shows up in the mail, you slide the insert into page one. Boom. It's custom made that way so people can get autographs if you meet in person. Who loves you? I do. So that's an opportunity if you're coming or you're coming next week to the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Uh, Foxnewsbooks.com. Uh, if you're looking to do this as a Christmas gift, you want something to put under the tree, you can get a little note from me. I could shoot you a little video, whatever you're into. It doesn't matter. Uh, but the bottom line is, in this hour, we've got a little work to do, kiddos, because I don't know if you heard this, but the world is on fire. And are we going to put it out? The answer would be no. No, but we are going to roast some radio marshmallows, spread some positive vibes, and get your measured takes on all things America. 888-788-9910. Ray... Batting leadoff, not in America, up in Ontario, Canada. Yo, Ray. Great show. I don't know how I got to listen to you, but one day I was listening. Now I'm addicted to you. Sorry about that. (laughs) Thanks for that, man. Uh, I I, I have that effect on people, and I think it's because don't you feel like you know me, like we could be hanging out? Well, you should come up here and we'll go drinking. How's that? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, you guys actually have free health care and stuff, right? So we can get pretty wasted. Yeah, we pay for it. Trust me, we pay for it. It's called taxes. There's nothing free up here. No, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware. Good talk. Uh, So what are you thinking? You were talking about energy production, right? Yeah, listen, we need the Keystone Pipeline. You know what? A lot of what these enviro wacks don't understand is the oil is coming up from underneath the ground. Mm -hmm. It's seeping up and coming to the surface. Mm So what happens, and it's been doing it for thousands of years, mm-hmm. and it's got a patch the size of, I don't know, how maybe the size of England, I don't oh. know, but, you know, yeah. Canada is big and England small, but mm-hmm. this stuff has to be dug up and taken out. Mm-hmm. The beauty of it, it can be processed, we can use it in our engines and stuff, and we make money on it. Yep. Yeah, you're digging the stuff. The stuff is dig- coming up from the ground. Mm-hmm. You have to find out where it's coming up from. Yep. When you when you're removing the stuff, you find out where it's coming up. You drill and you tap the, the reserve, wherever the deposit, where it's coming up from. Yep. So you're actually cleaning the area up. Yep. And yep. you're making money. Period. But bottom line: so much of yep. our problems in the world are solved if America increases its energy uh, production, because it takes the money away from guys like Putin. You know, and it takes money away from Iran. And if we are a net exporter here on this continent, it makes the rest of the world safer. And more importantly, it makes us wealthier, uh, which is the, you know, the biggest challenge we're facing. We're $33 trillion in debt here in America. So, Ray, I think you get it. Uh, I don't know when we're going to go drinking, but I predict it will happen. I like your style. We're in debt up here, too. When our idiot told, told told Germany, Japan, and Australia, we're not going to sell you natural gas because it's going to wreck yep. the environment. That's yep. Trudeau. We got a complete idiot, too. Oh, you here. know, Trudeau's the worst. You got you got Gavin Newsom with worse Halloween costumes. That's what you got. It's worse. Yep. Trudeau, I mean, they're about the same. I, 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 yeah, they I don't are. Know. But uh, don't forget, uh, he may step down shortly. When he steps down, the whole government falls. It's not like the U.S. when the next one comes in behind it. Yeah. The whole government falls. And Pierre Bovier, uh, he's, yep. he's the conservative candidate. And he's, um, well, let's put it this way. Trudeau himself is is uh, polling at 18%. Oh, goodness. Or as Biden calls it, a really high number. 
Thanks for the call, Ray. Good stuff as always. Gary, back here in the U.S. of A. He's in Addison County, Vermont. Gary! Jimmy, you know, if the press, those nitwits in the press want to talk about dictators, they mm-hmm. should start reporting on the one in South America. The yeah, one that it. was on barely on life support under Trump, but mm-hmm. fully revived under Biden, yep. who's who's about to take over two-thirds of, the, of a neighboring country, the oil-rich section of Guyana. And that's that Maduro in Venezuela. That guy was done Mm -hmm. under Trump, but Biden revived him. And now he's he's getting ready to take over a neighboring country. Mm -hmm. Now, as if the world isn't chaotic enough, now we're going to have that mess just south of us in South America. No, it's a great point, because, you know, one of the points Trump made last night in his town hall about this is the environmentalists are destabilizing the world because they're upending our economy, but they're enriching the bad guys. And a lot of like, you know, to give you a good example, to tie your point to what we're doing with our economy in Ukraine, we're giving all our money to Ukraine because we say we need to protect democracy. But to your point you just made, we are enriching a dictator over in Venezuela. Our domestic energy production also enriching a dictator over in Russia, and we wind up funding whatever the response is uh, to what those guys do. So you're spot on, and it's, you know, it's one of the reasons Trump actually has a lot of traction right now. If Trump was involved in any capacity in a January 6th and he refused to show up to an inauguration and he didn't concede an election, he would traditionally be finished in politics, especially if you're under 91 indictments. But the quality of the country was so much better And the fact that he was articulating views last night, they're actually just America first views. There's nobody watching who at their core doesn't put themselves in their family first. So that philosophy obviously carries over to your country. And that's why he's still viable. And uh, Biden, to the last thing I'll say, and you can take it over from there because I'm just running my mouth. I'm caffeinated, Gary. I don't get out a lot. Uh, Is uh, Iran, Iran, who is funding Hamas, had $4 billion when Biden took office. Now they have $71 billion, man. That's nuts. And that's because of oil. Yeah, you know, I'll just finish by saying I I still have faith in 49 other states for doing the right thing at the next election yep. and not reelecting Biden. Uh, <laughs> you said, but no faith I in yours? 49. Is that I'm, I'm excluding mine. <laughs> you, well, listen, I don't know that California should be on your good list yet either, but uh, I, I could see somebody I could see the right Republican winning 42 states because it really is that bad around the country. So, oh, I just dream of Reagan every day. Oh, man. Oh, my God. You get me emotional. Good call, Gary. We'll do it again. Uh, 888-788-9910. We'll get to more of your calls in a split second. But I want to give you the rest of Trump. Here is Trump, just to expand on Gary's point, talking about the environmentalists and the John Kerry's of the world. Clip 11. John Kerry has to be stopped. He's destroying our country. This guy. I mean, think of it. He goes all over the world in a private jet, by the way. He goes all over the world talking to these people about getting rid of coal plants. They all laugh at him. They, you know, treat him with respect. He's gone. They say, what an idiot. What a jerk. And then they go ahead and they build their coal plants. (laughs) He's telling you the truth. Is China reducing coal production? The answer would be no. But John Kerry... And his domestic energy policy has decimated our economy, enriched China. He meets with these climate envoys all the time and goes, yeah, here in America, we're going to reduce our domestic energy production. We're going to lower emissions. And here's a bunch of money so you can do it in your country, too. 
Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. And why is it a Ph.D. in stupidity? Because of exactly what Trump just said. None of these people actually take the money we're giving them and use it for what we're asking them to. Okay, John Kerry, I played you the clip yesterday, said there shouldn't be another coal-fired plant permitted in the world. Well, guess what they're building in China? Left and right coal plants. Guess what they're building in Germany? Now that renewable energy failed to power a country with a population not even a third the size as ours, coal plants. Okay, understand, in Germany, they have achieved all of our green energy goals. Hey, we're going to have solar, we're going to have wind. I'm going to cut down on the oil consumption, a little less fossil fuels. Oh, by the way, winter's here. We're all freezing to death because we can't power the heat. All right, a couple more coal plants. Oh, summer's here. People are hot as hell because we don't have enough to power the air conditioner. All right, coal plants. That's what the climate movement has resulted in. More fossil fuels instead of less. I'm surrounded by idiots. Think about Gary's point relating to Venezuela. Okay, we want to reduce pollution. We're America. We're going to lower emissions. Oil is the devil. But we need it. So we're going to import it from Venezuela. They make it filthier than we do. It requires additional fuel just to get it back here into America. Ergo, we've enriched a dictator. We've weakened our economy. We've created more pollution. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But the environmentalists are making it worse, and they're making the world more dangerous. Here's the rest of the Trump clip. Uh, This is clip 12. John Kerry wants us to stop doing anything. We can't. We have a country. We have to fire up our factories. Wind is not going to fire up our factories, and it's the most expensive energy. Even solar. I like solar from a concept standpoint, but it's massively expensive. And we can't allow China to build a factory a week, and we do nothing. They build a coal plant, and they're obvious about it. And then Biden goes to see them about global warming. The only global warming we should be thinking about and worrying about because it could happen tomorrow is nuclear global warming, not global warming. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. Understand that. Okay. The environmental wing of the Democratic Party has gotten Joe Biden to go onto the world stage. I've played you the clip a dozen times and say climate change is a bigger threat to our existence than nuclear war. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. No, no, I didn't say it. Biden is the guy who said it. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, no, for sure. But it wasn't me. It was Biden. Biden says that. Okay, Kerry says that. Why do they fly around the world in private jets creating more pollution? Why do they outsource domestic energy production to third world dictators who create more pollution and weaken our economy? Because for them personally, money, 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 money. They're getting loaded, loaded. It's nuts. Okay, and I think that's the biggest challenge to the moment we find ourselves in right now. Okay, the people who are running the government are not in the America business. They're in the ideology business. They're in the their personal you know, financial agenda business. One of the perks of Donald Trump is the guy got into office as a billionaire. I don't know where his finances are now. It's not great. 
Okay, but Trump didn't run for president to make money. Trump didn't get into politics to make money. Getting into politics has cost him a ton of money. Number one, he donated the entirety of his salary to charity. Has any other president done that in this life? The answer would be no. Okay, the patron saint of goodness, Barack Obama, not donating a dime, okay, when it comes to that. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Him and his wife are flying around the world making $800,000 a speech, okay, hanging out on Steven Spielberg's yacht, paddleboarding with Bruce Springsteen. Okay, that's what they're doing. They are living a spectacularly prosperous life, okay? Trump, okay, didn't get into office to attain that life. He already had that life. Now they're trying to take it away from him. Every one of these other politicians got into office so they could get out of office and have that life. And you understand one of the ways to have that life is to appease a lot of special interests. That's where the cash comes from. And the sad reality of right now, and I don't think it's unique to this moment, is most of the people running things are more concerned about their future than your future, than my future, than our kids' future. That's the biggest argument against expanding the size of the federal government. When you expand the size of the federal government, you expand the amount of people who have personal agendas that can put their interests ahead of yours, which is why the most timeless quote in any era will always remain. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Cat Kamek in the next break, Perk down in Maryland in this one. Yo, Perk. Hey, buddy. How you doing? You know, I'm laughing because it took me forever to find your Facebook video. I don't know why they put you in spam. Like, we've messaged each other a lot. I believe we've met each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you yeah, know what I found here? It's, it's funny, Perk, because... I mean, it was right next to my, um, the, it was right next to my love life. Uh, <laughs> well, I found your video. I was returning messages Sunday when I was flying home from Reno. So I had a 5 a.m. flight out of Reno, and I click on your video, and I'm like, we might have found the one guy drunker than I am right now. Good stuff. So <laughs> thank you for sharing. We, we may share ourselves yeah, at a later date. But uh, to your point, Perk, you were telling Mikey what? Yeah, that uh, we're missing a, a great opportunity here, Jimmy. Uh-huh. Great opportunity. I mean, it takes money to change the weather, right? So mm-hmm. therefore, we should sell a white Christmas. <laughs> you want a white Christmas? No problem. Fifty thousand dollars. And then they come back. <laughs> a GoFundMe for the weather, because what you're saying is Democrats. Exactly. Democrats want people to believe we can control the weather. So you're saying we could finance the climate change we want by asking people right. to pay. <laughs> Hey, we've got a three-day weekend coming up. Who wants 80 degrees and sunny? I love this. Bingo. Exactly. Or, oh, you're getting a married win? Oh, sure, no problem. We, we, we can fix that. No problem. <laughs> and, and the facetious take Perk is providing you with, folks, is to remind one and all, we can't control the weather. Like, Perk. Thank you. Thank you. I, and you understand this, Perk. We grew up in an era where if somebody told you they can control the weather, they got thrown into a home. Like, that day. Right. That day, uh-huh. they're like, oh, he said he can control the weather. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, so we'll never see him again. I get it. It's totally understandable. Yeah. Now you get elected. 
Exactly. They give you a a seat in Congress. By the way, I uh, just pre-ordered your book. Yes, you did, Perk. That's the spirit. Uh, Can I tell you something? Uh, As as a listener of this show, you really are going to like the book. Like I got it took a lot of effort because I was writing it undercover, you know, for like a year. That's how these projects work until they go public. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it really is just our manifesto for the rest of the world. You know, so, you know, a few million people might interact with this show on a weekly or daily basis. But, you know, if we wind up selling millions of copies, it would actually help the world. Like, again, you've met me. We've you know, personally, I am a guy who wants to help. I can't promise you I won't become Darth Vader. But right now I'm still young Anakin Skywalker. And we have to use the mm-hmm. force for good. So I, I appreciate you helping me spread that gospel, Perk. Yeah, man. All right, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Still screw the Braves, though, and we do have to go. Uh, I hope the Yankees get Juan Soto and you never win another game. Thanks for this. <laughs> Perk. I love Perk. He's a great guy. Uh, we've got a lot of great guys on hold. We will get to you after Cat Kamek. Uh, but the truth is, if you are a part of the show, you are spreading a feel-good gospel uh, that is very sober when it comes to politics. I know we don't sound sober on the air. We sound like we get paid in tequila and Tide Pods, but we are prioritizing some sort of a greater good. And if you want to continue to help, uh, don't go anywhere because we're coming back with one of my faves, Kat Kamek from the great state of Florida after this on Fox America. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. We are back in action. Busy Wednesday. Paul Morrow is on deck. I screwed up the order between Kat Kamek and Paul Morrow. Have you ever had a checkup? I have, and I am not going to share the results. Uh, <laughs> very, very similar to Joe Biden's. I'm not going to lie. It's not, it's not good for me right now, uh, but I'll get some sleep. It'll be back to normal soon. Uh, Morrow on deck. Vinny batting leadoff in Hartford, Connecticut. Vinny. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm, I'm going, man. I'm, I'm a little peppy because we just, you know, put the book on sale and you know, I'm, I'm excited. You know, the Unabomber gets to go public with his work. I will, I will get that book, too, when oh, it comes out. Oh, Vinny, you're the man. Thank you for that, buddy. So let me, let me just get something out, then get, stick with me, as you say, and then I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think Trump can win the election. I, you know, all, I think all the Democrats have to do is just keep it close. Mm-hmm. After Trump beat Clinton... In, in the 2016 election, by just a few thousand votes in a handful of swing states, I don't think the Democrats are ever going to let that happen again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the uh, quote-unquote ground game comes in. Mm-hmm. If, if there are any voter regularities that are in favor of the Democrats, I don't think anybody from the Uniparty is going gonna, is gonna to even look into it. And the Uniparty is what you were talking about before the break. It's yeah. the big government. It's the people looking to make money, not mm-hmm. looking to help us. What yes. do you think? Well, I mean, here's the truth. I don't actually believe when it comes to the Uniparty that they do have our best interests as hard as I was saying. But at the same time, I don't actually believe they steal elections. What I think they did, just so we're on the same page there, is they changed the rules in the run up to 2020 to make what traditionally would have been a stolen election legal ballot harvesting, all the, you know, excess mail in balloting and everything like that, the drop boxes. But to your larger point of Trump not being able to win, I don't think it's because they're going to rig the game. I just think it's because on the right, we kind of are, you know, blissfully, I think on a day to day basis, blissfully ignorant of just how much people hate him on the left. You know, they like the state the country was in better under Trump than they do under Biden. But Trump is an easy vote for the Democrats to turn out because some people turn out just for the currency that says they voted against the bad guy. And now I don't actually believe he's the bad guy. 
but they do. And that's significant in an election. So I actually think in this order, the most winnable general election candidates the Republicans have, Haley is one, Trump is two, DeSantis is three. And the reason I put DeSantis third is because even with all of his baggage, okay, Trump has a gravitas uh, and he has a record of delivering for the American people that would probably, more importantly, even be overshadowed by the fact that he's better at campaigning than DeSantis is. But I consider Haley the favorite, and I'm not saying she's going to win. Believe me, a lot of Republicans don't like her uh, and don't know her yet. But I consider her a better shot to win because the issue that's deciding elections more than any is abortion. And until Republicans have a woman making that case, they're going to have a really hard time courting women, courting, you know, swing, you know, swing state voters and stuff that vote on abortion. So I don't think he's a slam dunk. I mean, if he gets the nomination, I I think he has a good chance of winning. But I think it's a really, you know, it's going to be a heavily contested, like you said. So is your bigger concern for Trump? Is history or is it what they're going to do to the election, just so I understand you? Well, let me put you this way. If he gets nominated, mm-hmm. then it's all going to be about how bad he is. Oh, yeah. They're going to continue to lie. They're going to do all the same Boom. stuff they did. Take, okay. take his stuff out of context and all that, Boom. all that crap. Fair. So this is a point I made the other night. Uh, when I was, at, I was out in Nevada, I was doing stand-up. And at the meet and greet, or maybe it was even at the Q&A, like at the end of my set, someone said, I can't believe you guys put Gavin Newsom on your channel for an hour. And the point I was making, and this is why Sean did something commendable, is as conservatives, we want Democrats. We invited Democrats on this show every day because you want to be in an idea fight with them. Because if it comes down to who has the best ideas, Republicans win elections. If it comes down to what you just described, which is Democrats turning this into an exercise in name calling and who's a racist or a misogynist or a white supremacist, none of which is true. But they can convince people that it is. And if that's what the election comes down to, Trump is going to lose. If it comes down to an honest exchange of policies, everybody in the country would be voting Republican because the Democrats have implemented their policies and we see what's happening. Trump is never going to be humble. I mean, there's just no way it's going to happen. I can't promise you that. Uh, I don't <laughs> I, I don't know that he is either. Uh, but the truth is, if he were to get in, shut down the border and boost domestic energy production for that alone, he that would be considered a very successful four years in office. So it really comes down to where the priorities are. The priorities, I think, for the people are economy, safety for their family, shutting down the border, making life more affordable, which would probably be, you know, addressing inflation. Okay, but I think for the handful of people that 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 do in fact decide elections, their priorities are not ours. Okay, that's the challenge here. For him to get women, he definitely if he's the guy, he needs a girl on the ticket. They need the abortion vote to not be as wide as it currently is. Democrats beat Republicans about nine to one on abortion uh, at a general, at a national level. But if they can make that deficit six to four Democrats, Republicans win this thing going away. So if Trump's the guy, you need a girl on the ticket. If Trump is not the guy and you do have a girl on the ticket, Republicans are going to win 44 states. I'm telling you that now. But uh, Vinny, great call, and thank you. Let's please do it again. Thank you. I'm in. Okay, another issue uh, that I think is central to Americans, and we know this down in Tyler, Texas. Um, Jordan's down there talking about the border. Yo, Jordan. Jimmy, how's it going? It's going. I'm heading your way this weekend, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I wish I could be able to make your show. I'll probably be in the middle of doing a sound check for my show. I'm aware. Later that night. I'm I know aware. I keep bugging, I'm bugging everybody about it. I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to be a... Great show, and I hope I get to see you. Well, this is a great way to promote and, it. Um, it would be shameless. It, it would be uh, 
you know, uh, what you call it. It would be a, a, a great night for us if we can eat dinner after the meet and greet and catch a little bit of your set. We're staying in Dallas yes. Saturday night, so we can't get right too on. drunk if we show up. Oh, no, understandable. Well, um, that's the thing. Um, there's bars walking distance from the theater, unless you wanted to. Uh, you can just fumble over there and just get us get us a drink. But uh, um, yeah, my band and my band Deadbugs is mm-hmm. is hoping we get to see you and oh, your special guest. That would be rad. Um, uh, talk about the border. But, what do you know? Uh, well, you were talking a little bit yesterday about uh, the left just ignoring the women being raped by Hamas mm-hmm. and how the Hamas is using that as a tool and how they're just blindly ignoring that but it's one of those things where they have been ignoring women's rights and issues like that for years down at the border yep i mean 2014 uh, since 2014 they're saying up to 80 women or 80 percent of women yep are sexually assaulted there and it's been going on and it's been getting worse since 2020 yep. uh since the borders have been flooded again and it's just the blind hypocrisy. Oh, sorry, yep. hypocrisy. I know <laughs> of them trying to, uh, um, you know, ignore it. Yeah. And I believe if if Haley, you know, was was on the ticket with Trump, or mm-hmm. she runs on her own, mm-hmm. that's a huge point that she can push on. Like, look, I don't know, you know, with the rest of you guys, but this is also an issue going down here with these women's rights. Yep. And I think that would be a good boost to her point. I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people on the right that haven't gotten the significance of Nikki Haley yet. Uh, right. It's going to take some time. But if the goal is to just flat out win the election, like we want guaranteed Republican rule, you could nominate her tomorrow and go to bed like you actually could, yeah. because the women's vote and coming from a Republican, it's so pivotal to pivotal to the decisive issue of abortion. That being said, she's oh. got a, you know, a steep hill ahead of her because Trump's got a 40 point lead. So it's going to be interesting. But what's happening now uh, is politics, as you know, it's a sport. And Trump is a team. Trump is a team. And it's like the Yankees want to beat the Red Sox, you know, or the, 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 you know, the Rangers want to beat the Astros if you're down in Texas. And the point is, it's so much more important for the average voter to have their team win than to actually get the bigger thing done, which might be change the country, you know. Exactly. So giving Trump the at bat is, I think, more important to the average Republican than winning the election. They'd probably rather I mean this. I think if you polled Republicans emotionally, I think a lot of people would rather run Trump and lose than run Haley and win. I'm not kidding. And it's scary. It's scary to think, but I think that's where we are. Exactly. And and again, if Trump wins, amen, great. But I'm just saying that is the terrain. And, you know, a lot of people want to accuse, you know, uh, Republicans as being, you know, misogynist, but I would proudly vote for Haley. You know, she runs on all the issues that I think are important, and she also, you know, protects the mother of our children. Yeah, She's looking out for women's rights, you yep. know, and I don't, I don't think there's anything more important than that, nope. you know, especially, you know, when they have so many immigrants coming over and they're, you know, mm-hmm. pregnant with, you know, who knows whose child it is. Now you and leave Jenny Fela the, out of this. No, I cannot disrespect her like that. Don't. <laughs> kidding, Jordan. Uh, listen, man, you're going to lose me to a commercial break because i got to drag Paul Morrow on. But I think you make a lot sure. of great points, and uh, we are on the case. Give me the name of your venue one more time Saturday night. It is the Historic Select Theater, also known as the Lake County Playhouse. Okay. It's the oldest continuous movie theater in the state of Texas. Okay. If they, if they can get me out of the country tavern with any motor skills whatsoever, I'll come by. I understand. I'll even have somebody come and get you. No, you that's enough day. out of you, Tarzan. Good call, Jordan. <laughs> I'll see you soon, brother. Be well.
the great Jordan, uh, playing a concert Saturday night down in Texas. I love Jordan. He's like, I'm not coming to see you, Mr. TV guy. You come to see me. That's what he's saying. Unbelievable. Get him out of here. Get him out. I'm kidding. Jordan, we love you, and uh, we will do everything we can uh, to come take in a little bit of your set before we hightail it back up to Dallas Saturday night. 3 to 5 p.m. Saturday afternoon, uh, if you're in Tyler, Texas, 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 Music City, myself and two special guests from the family, and it is not Jenny Fallon, by the way, uh, but you'll get a kick out of this one. We'll see you down there. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. Not only the founder of OpsDesk.org, but a man I probably owe book royalties to because he proofread one of the chapters for me. Uh, retired NYPD Inspector Paul Morrow is here. Hey, man. Hey, how are you? Did we negotiate a rate? Do I owe you money for this book? So I saw the news flash, and I'm not clear. It, either you read a book or you wrote a book. Which one is it? I'm not <laughs> you want to know why I'm Sorry. laughing about that? Because there really was this funny thing happening. When I was working on this book and the public didn't know it was a thing, behind the scenes here at Fox – Everybody was offering to help if I could proofread, if you want me to check anything out. It was almost like, why are we letting this guy do this? <laughs> it well, that's really... it. They don't want to get out ahead of the fact that they thought you were going to torpedo them. No, but it was honestly, it's all friendly fire. The only guy who takes any heat in this book, I think there's a dig at Waters, and there's an absolute you know, fastball to the ribs for Gutfeld, but he deserves one. They, of course, both of them do. Both Thank of them you. can take it. Look, Thank the you. book's terrific. I did read a chapter. And it was very funny, and I, I, I added absolutely nothing. You didn't need anything, and uh, congrats on that. Nah, it's thanks. really looking good. No, nah, we're excited. I feel good about it. I've, as you would imagine, I'm taking a very restrained approach to a, a, promoting it on the show today. <laughs> it's been <laughs> everywhere. Well, it's not out yet, right? It's not out until January, right? Yeah, but they can buy it for pre-order. Uh, I don't think they've heard this before, so just bear with them. It's foxnewsbooks.com. They've only heard it. Every break of the show and every commercial break of the show for 48 hours. People are literally people are leaping out of moving vehicles right now every time I say it again. But uh, Folks, he needs a new wardrobe. Buy two. <laughs> Good for you, Moro. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, this Christopher Ray testimony, at the, uh, talking about us being on high alert in terms of terrorism and everything in between. In a roundabout way, first and foremost, it's an end result of the policy in Washington that we find ourselves here, is it not? Yeah, of course. And look, you know, uh, at the end of the day, DOJ reports to the White House. And even if uh, Joe Biden is asleep 23 hours a day, there's somebody there to tell them what to do. Ray knows what's expected of him. He's a survivor. And so what they're doing now is scrambling to reconfigure what the Bureau has been looking at. And the entire counterterrorism apparatus has been looking at for a number of years, including through the Trump presidency is one of the reasons why President Trump had so much trouble with his intel services. Our intel services are not what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an article out uh, from Imprimis, Imprimis, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that, uh, from Hillsdale College uh, about the current state of the CIA, who mm-hmm. I worked with many times, uh, you know, in very legal ways, just where we had to pass information, very professional people, et cetera. But I could see the PC creep. Mm-hmm. occurring there and and the sort of uh 
I wouldn't even characterize it as wokeifying. I would I would argue that it was becoming a lot more academic. It was becoming okay. a, a cubicle farm. Uh-huh. And at the end of the day, what we need out of the agency are some tough characters, male and female, who are willing to go into some of the roughest areas of the world and sometimes operate in very gray areas to get us the information to keep America safe. Mm-hmm. And they had convinced themselves that the and, and I'm not this is not just limited to the CIA. In fact, it's probably more uh, apropo- uh, appropriate for the FBI domestically. Mm-hmm. They convinced themselves that white supremacy mm-hmm. was the threat that was going to destroy this country. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is wrapped up in electoral politics and the votes that uh, mm-hmm. Biden needs. And as a result, we didn't have the sourcing and the penetration that we should have had to see even this Hamas attack coming. Yeah. When you consider that Iran, one of our primary adversaries globally, mm-hmm. who are in the process, I don't care what anybody says, of developing nuclear capacity, yep. when you consider that they had to have not only sanctioned this but funded it, mm-hmm. and we didn't pick any of that up, that gives you a little bit of an insight into the current state of our uh, application of our intel capabilities and clearly it was misapplied and right now what they're trying to do is 180. That's wild. We're talking to Paul Morrow, founder of OpsDesk.org. Something that's not necessarily a news peg but expands on what you said earlier about how they were turning things into a cubicle farm. Do you ever like get the feeling, and this is my own analysis, but I feel like they're trying to corporatize jobs uh, and ask them to behave in a way that doesn't really – it's not commensurate with the job's function, meaning like we ask the military to do things no other job has to do. So expecting them to live in what you described as a cubicle environment under that type of behavior uh, I think might be a detriment to their ability to function. Uh, and I guess that – that, that, Yeah, you think so? I do, yeah. I think that's a really um, accurate insight, uh-huh. and I think it's a prescient one as well in terms of where we are going because – I've seen it firsthand. It happened here in New York City Mm -hmm. because the NYPD is paramilitary, Mm -hmm. and that means that you take your orders. And the culture of the place means that if that day the commanding officer or the sergeant is mad at you and he tells you, Morrow, you're the broom today, meaning you got to sweep up the precinct, you Mm got to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Even if you think of yourself as some high flying, you know, narco ranger going to go out there and make. All right. So the same thing in the military. These guys, they do what they're told. In New York City, it makes NYPD work. Now, I think that culture is eroding, but it's one of the things that just makes the thing function. Yeah. is a hierarchical, pyramidal structure. Mm-hmm. Most of the city agencies do not have that. And if they do, if somebody has a rainy day, they run to HR. Mm-hmm. doesn't happen as much in the PD. Happens, in, But as you're saying, that was always the case in the military as well. They mm-hmm. got things done. That's the American rep, yep. and that's the American approach. Mm-hmm. And it's eroding because everything we do now has to go through 40 environmental reviews, <laughs> 40 <laughs> so HR true. reviews, and everything else. And so you can't get a damn thing done. We're the nation who went in after the, France, after the French botched the job yep. and banged out the Panama Canal. <laughs> Imagine that now. Just yeah, the we, protest we alone. Across 42nd Street. I mean, it's <laughs> so it, it just couldn't be done. So, no, you know, it, you that, I think that's what's happening. Well, you nailed it as always, Paul Morrill. I will forgive the cheap shots at me. I mean, they're pretty much par for the course in these interviews now, but I enjoy it. It's tough love. You saved me a, a couple bucks. Shot, a cheap shot at you is redundant. Oh, fair. On. Oh, there. That's an all right, Paul Morrill. That's enough of you. We'll do it again, man. I appreciate you. You know I do. Thank you, darling. There it is. Paul Morrill sums it up best when he says, Everything woke turns to
live from everywhere USA. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Kat Kamek is coming by uh, on this show to have a talk about all things America and to, more importantly, help me hawk my new book. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I don't think I've shut up about it since it came out uh, for pre-order. You, of course, can get it at foxnewsbooks.com. But I'm excited. This is the thing. Okay, you need to know this really quickly. When you do something that you like as a creative person, it's rare. It's very rare because you have to abuse yourself so much as a critic to make sure you're performing at a high standard. So last week, the worst thing happened to you guys. This is true. Okay, I was off the air for three days. I know some of you expressed concern. Uh, you know, you like doing the show with me, and I appreciate that. Okay, but the worst thing happened to you because while I was gone, I recorded my audio book, and I liked the book, which means I'm excited to talk about it. If I don't like it, it doesn't matter that I have a book to sell. It doesn't matter that that's my job. I'm going to do it, but the point is it's not a whistle-while-you-work scenario. Okay, in this instance, it is very much a whistle-while-you-work scenario because the thing came out pretty damn good. That's true. That is true. All right, I might have lent that (laughs) to the conversation. I don't know how true it is, but uh, you will find out at foxnewsbooks.com. But right now what we're talking about is not my book. No more shameless book plugs the rest of the way. I think we got to focus. I think we got to pay some bills here uh, the old-fashioned way. Okay. We have a rampant problem at our nation's colleges with anti-Semitism. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And you're going to hear from some of them before Kat Kamek comes on, because one of the big focuses of the last five years when it comes to our country has been identity politics. Call every single thing racist. Pretend you're protecting people against some type of a pretend oppression. Ergo, they will vote for you as their protectors. That's what the Democrats have done. In all honesty, okay, it, it's, that, that's, that's everything that happens in our politics. That, it, I'm being honest with you. Okay, we don't have debates over policy. We have vote for me or you're a racist. Vote for me or you're a transphobe. Vote for me or you're a murderer because of the climate. Nobody talks anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, (laughs) gee. Guys, that's Johnny Carson in 1984, by the way, if anybody's interested. (laughs) I mean, yo, that is a 20-year-old clip. And he was like, nobody talks about the issues. You ever seen such negative campaigning in your life? Dirtiest campaign I ever remember. Okay, well, you know, these guys weren't on the air, sadly, for the most recent campaigns. They were actually, like, you have to understand how disproportionate political analysis has come, has become to what it's actually covering. Like, do you dig Trump running for president in 2016 was grounds for people to say he was literally Hitler, is what they were saying. That is totally absurd. Okay, Hitler killed 10 million people. Okay, Hitler started World War II. Okay, Hitler tried to take over the world. Trump started Twitter wars. No other president in the last four decades has come and gone without getting us into at least one war. Trump managed not to do it. Okay, you understand Trump is not the guy they've described him as being. 
But because that exercise in projection has been so effective for the Democrats, they've spent four years saying, oh, the white supremacy, that's the biggest problem facing our country right now. Okay, understand this. White supremacy has not killed over a quarter of a million people since Biden got into office. Fentanyl has. Okay, his border policy has killed a quarter of a million Americans. White supremacy ain't touching those numbers, thankfully. Okay, white supremacy doesn't have us on the brink of World War III. Okay, white supremacy isn't the reason the average person is now selling pictures of their feet on OnlyFans so they can pay for a tank of gas. What the hell did you just say? Okay, the things crippling our way of life have nothing to do with racism. Folks, we're so far along on race in this world that liberal colleges had to go back and start tearing down statues of dead people just so we'd have some modern-day racism to fight about. Okay, that went on. We've made so much progress in this country that we didn't have enough living people to go after. So we've like, I've got it. They're statues of dead people. Let's go get them. And that's exactly what they did. Okay, but little did we all realize we did have a hell of a whole lot of racism still left in our society. It was just coming from liberals on the left. Oh, wow. Understand when you talk about projection, okay, what was going on at colleges over the last five years. Ivy League schools, Harvard, Yale, MIT, okay, Brown, Cornell. They were saying things like, can't have Halloween. It's culturally insensitive. Right-wing white nationalists, white Christian nationalists, you racists with your Halloween. We're not doing it anymore, you understand. No more Halloween, you racists. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Yes, but no one's going along with their latest stupid idea because what is their latest? I'll say it in English. I do. I can say it. You just got to bear with me. Do you speak any English? Yes, I do. And Democrats' latest idea is the most racist thing you've ever heard. Bingo, man, bingo! They are calling for the elimination of Jews on college campuses. Here are college presidents starting at Harvard, okay, University of Pennsylvania, University of MIT, okay, weighing in, okay, on what we have seen on campuses as it pertains to Jewish students, okay, here is Harvard president, okay, Claudine Gay, being grilled by Elise Stefanik, clip 20. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you but not say here that it is against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, Does that speech and not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? When you speech- testify that you understand that is the def- definition of intifada. Is that speech-, speech according to the code of conduct or not? We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, Garbage like you just makes me sick. Why? Because let's back it up. You can't go to Harvard right now and say biological men shouldn't be swimming against biological women. That violates a harassment policy. That violates a code of conduct. That constitutes bullying. 
but you can call for the death of all Jews, and she wants you to believe no big deal. That is a fact check false. I mean, it's the biggest deal. That's a call for an actual genocide at the colleges that have done things like eliminate Halloween because it's culturally insensitive. Okay, but this is the president of Harvard, a school that gets literally hundreds of millions of dollars in endowments from your tax dollars. Okay, here is Stefanik asking, okay, Claudine Gay, if it would be different if you were saying the same things about the mass murder of African-Americans, which no one should endorse. But here's the question, clip 19. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African-Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes or no question. Uh, Get her out. Get her out of here. Do you understand she won't give the answer? Okay, you can't do that at Harvard. You can't. You can't call for the elimination, the mass extinction of any race at Harvard. But you can do it with Jewish people. She has testified under oath that she knows calls for intifada or a call for the elimination of the Jewish race. So when you hear her say, well, you know, we have this policy and she won't just flat out say, yeah, you can't say kill the Jews. What is she actually saying then in that moment? They're okay with people saying kill the Jews. You are correct, sir. But so much of our politics has been transformed into an exercise in demonizing the opposition and making the election about who you can convince the voters your opponent happens to be. You're going to vote for us. I'll tell you why. It's because the other guys are a bunch of racists. That's why you're going to vote for us. I mean, nothing's going to be better in your house. Understand, when Joe Biden ran in 2020, Joe Biden ran against Donald Trump in 2020 on a policy of this is a battle for the soul of our nation. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. But you understand that was the policy. We're in a battle for the soul of our nation. Eternal damnation awaits the country in hell if we don't abandon the views of Donald Trump who refused to condemn neo-Nazis and white nationalists in Charlottesville. That was the claim. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. Whoa, whoa. But the media never tells that part of the story, do they? Why? Because they want to run on that racial division. And the media does it because it's effective for them. But what we're learning out of elite academia is that these guys are just flat racist. Straight, flat, racist, okay? Here is, okay, the president of Harvard being asked by Representative Kevin Kiley from California, one of the rare Republicans in California, if the president could guarantee a Jewish student would feel safe on their campus, notice what you don't get, a guarantee. Clip 21. I have been talking with students over the last couple of months, and they have shared searing testimony about some of the things that they have experienced. And I'm glad you've made that outreach. But if you are talking to a prospective uh, student's family, a a Jewish student's family right now, could you look them in the eye and tell them that their son or daughter would be safe and feel safe and welcome on your campus? We are absolutely committed to student safety. Yes, but I didn't ask that question about your commitment. I said, could you look them in the eye right now, the family of a prospective Jewish student, and assure them that their son or daughter would feel safe and welcome on your campus? We are taking every step to ensure their physical and their psychological safety. So yes or no to my question, though. Did you want to answer it? I mean, dude. I guess not. I answered your question. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Think about that. She won't answer the question. Can a Jewish student 
feel safe on your campus. She won't say yes, dude. She won't say yes. It's a very simple question. Okay, understand that's where we live now. That's what's going on. The left has a lot of racists. Not all of them. I'm not saying the whole party's racist. But the reason in this, you've got to know this. A lot of liberals run on self-righteousness. They run on moral superiority. The reason calling everyone racist was so effective for liberals at the polls is because it made a lot of racists feel better about themselves. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Hey, I'm not the racist. Those guys are the racists. I'm not the racist. Those those are the racists. We're voting Democrat because those guys are the racists. Now, if you'll excuse us, we've got to go chant to kill the Jews because we're not racist. They're those guys. We have to stop those guys, the racists, and then we'll go to our kill the Jews thing. Okay, that's what they're doing. Okay, this is bananas, but this is what we're dealing with here. Okay, and you understand when you watch these debates or the debates, these back and forths. Okay, the reason these presidents, the reason these presidents have to placate these views is because they are popular on campus. And at the end of the day, colleges are just woke daycares, very expensive woke daycares. Colleges, okay, no longer teach kids how to think. They teach kids what to think. Bingo, man, bingo. Okay, and they're basically adapting the ideology that's trendy amongst the students and the Marxist professors that are indoctrinating everybody who steps onto the campus into the language of identity politics. America is the devil. Your entire life is predicated on your skin color. Never mind that there's no economic data to back that up. The modern identity politics professor, the modern progressive, is now in favor of segregated graduations. Okay, and they call themselves progressives. What the hell were you thinking? Really think about that, though. Okay, we have segregated graduations now for black people and white people on hundreds of elite college campuses. That's not progress. They're the ones taking us backwards on race. And they spend that time every second of the day calling you a racist for objecting to what they're doing. Oh, you don't want segregated graduations. Check your white privilege, pal. But despite the fact that they were dividing the entire country along the lines of skin color, if you were to look out at the economic data in this country, start here, but you can just back me up around the world, okay, white people are not even making the metal podium right now in terms of prosperity. We're not... Okay, Asians, Indians, and Arabs, when you break it down along socioeconomic lines, win the gold, silver, and bronze if you were going to believe in such a thing as racial prosperity. Okay, I don't believe that. I believe we're all people. I believe there's one form of privilege, okay, that you could, in fact, be born with in this country. That's called American privilege. Because you're in the country with the most upward mobility. You're in the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. But getting beyond American privilege, what some of us have been blessed to have is family privilege. You have a great family. You're surrounded by responsible, hardworking people who model excellence and self-reliance for you in the home and out of the home every damn day. If you have American privilege, you have family privilege, you are ahead of the curve no matter what your skin color happens to be. 
But the fact that they reduce it all to skin color is because it's a lazy argument that placates to a group of people whose emotions are their facts. Believe me, the last thing they want to do is argue the facts. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! We ain't talking about love. David Lee Roth sings on this jam. Uh, We are talking about anti-Semitism and shifting guidelines when it comes to speech. Here's Representative Jim Banks from the great state of Washington asking the University of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill why they let a professor calling for the elimination of all Jews off the hook. Clip 24. Why did Penn let Professor Ahmad Amala off the hook, who led hundreds of students in chanting, there's only one solution, Intifada revolution. Why does that professor still have a job at your university? Representative, our approach to uh, speech is as I identified, it follows and is guided by the United States Constitution, uh, which allows for robust perspectives. You are so full of And we know that because Banks follows up with, then how come Penn canceled the speech? From Tom Homan, clip 25. You canceled an event with former ICE director Tom Homan due to disruptive student protest simply because he worked for former President Donald Trump. I disagree with the characterization uh, that we treat speech differently. That kind of... Uh, You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. <laughs> Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, we're living in the death of shame. That's a woman who gets up there under oath and says, ah, you know, we, you know, we protect speech equally on this campus. So that's why we allow people to chant, kill the Jews. But if a guy shows up chanting, build a wall, he's not welcome here. If a guy shows up and says, biological men should not be competing against biological women, that's harassment. Speech is violence, you see. Now, LaFeel, excuse me, I've got to go chant, kill the Jews. That's who we're dealing with right now. A bunch of shameless Circus clowns. I will tell you, Lee Stefanik not having it yesterday. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Here she is calling on the presidents of Penn and Harvard to resign uh, for their answers uh, before the committee. Clip 23. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic con- rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Wow. <laughs> 
Now, it's hard to tell if the crowd was just cheering Stefanik or cheering our next guest because Lord knows she gets her fair share of salutations from the Fox Across America audience. Uh, I am, of course, talking about a superstar representative in the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. House Homeland Security Committee member, House Ag Committee member, we are talking about Kat Kamek. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, I love your introductions. You always just make me blush. Or, I don't know, you could be just gassing me, but I don't know. We'll <laughs> Kamek! Kamek! We'll I don't know what they're feeding you guys in Congress today, but uh, we'll go with it. Uh, I think I thought it was funny. <laughs> I liked it. It's a hell of an opener. Uh, uh, I usually refer to you as a breath of fresh air, but not today. Um, oh, here we go, girlfriend. Uh, let's talk Whoa. about this. A lot of things going on. Uh, I was just, I was, first of all, I was down in Donald's district. I was in Naples. Uh, very nice. Do, nice. You, do you ever get down there? He's got a nice district. Oh, he has a beautiful district. I mean, it is snowbird capital of the world. So, yeah. I mean, you know, everyone eats dinner at four o'clock and it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> they do. Cause you know, it's funny. The comedy club had stand up shows at five and seven. I've never done that in my life. Friday oh, night. You did you did the early bird special. I did a five and a seven and a six and an eight. We sold out every show, but I have never been groped by so many women over sixty in my life. And, <laughs> you were into it. You oh, were oh into let's it, be clear. I normally pay money for that in New York. I went down to Naples. <laughs> All I had to do was tell a few jokes. It was great. I mean, let's we're not even gonna get into my search history. You think Hunter Biden's got a bad laptop? Whoa. Uh, I I can't even let's imagine play what the OnlyFans looks like on your end. <laughs> Well, uh, my next stops, I'm in West Palm, December 16th, my Florida stops, and then uh, Ponte Vedra, I believe it's called, in March. I'll be down there yeah, March. Yeah, Ponte Vedra. You're yeah. going to be real close to, to my, my Whoa, Kamek, March Madness. It could happen. It could happen. It could happen. We'll make it happen. We'll see. I don't know. There's been a lot of broken promises on this show about you and me doing a, a stand-up thing together, <laughs> so... Let's, let's not couldn't handle the heat. They yeah. couldn't handle the heat. Let, let's not give, <laughs> give away any more oppo research on our campaign here. Um, <laughs> so quick, a couple of weird ones. The anti-Semitism thing. I know you, you know, Republican Party, to its credit, has been front and center in calling this out. I think what we're seeing in the Democratic Party is, you know, the majority of them get it. You know, I've praised Fetterman for speaking out on behalf of the hostages. It's particularly funny because he looks like a guy who would take hostages. And nowhere on my bingo card was John Fetterman being the voice of reason and sanity in the Democrats. He's the only feminist. He's the only true feminist. The rest of the feminists aren't saying a word about anything happening in Gaza. Uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. I, I, again, 2023, thank God it's coming to a close. Let's all hope and pray for just common sense and sanity. You know, that's yeah. all I'm hoping for these, in 2024. These are easy asks. Uh, and when you see people out there, though, just I mean, because these are not hard questions like, you know, if you say, hey, uh, is uh, Hamas raping women bad? Yeah, yes, that's it. That's all you got. Yes. There's not even a second word. You know, yes. when you see like Pramilia Jayapal say things like, well, we've got to be balanced. No, we don't. No. Come on, man. I mean, I mean, and you know it's bad when CNN is giving them pushback. I know. And I, I mean, that you know things have really gone awry when yeah. CNN is yeah. like, but w- wait a minute. Let's go back to that. How can you put a but after a statement like, yeah, it's bad, but. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just we, we are living in such a clown world. That it's sad. Is, it, it's really sad. It mm-hmm. truly is. I mean, and what has happened, you know, October 7th in Israel there should be no doubt in anyone's mind of where the United States stands. The fact that we are here, we are seeing what we're seeing on university campuses, we're seeing it in our capital, we're seeing it around the country, this pro-Hamas movement 
uh, it is unreal. And then you, you go even further with the clown show and you have people all over TikTok. And I know you talked about this, Jimmy, yeah. who are shook that they read Osama bin Laden's letter to America and now they get it. Now, now they, they, they get where he was coming from. First, if that is something that shook you to your core, you clearly have never read a book. Yeah, I know. You have never read a book. And you probably have an IQ that is double digits. Yep. So it, it's just it's terrifying. I mean, the moral depravity of what we've been seeing in, you know, in yep. Israel, unbelievable. And for these university presidents to sit there and, and say, oh, you know, it all depends on the situation, all kinds of qualifiers. But look, look but you know, Jimmy, if you misgender someone on campus, <laughs> that's violent. No, that no, is violent. No, no. You could you could call for the elimination of an entire race. That's protected speech. They canceled Halloween, building on your point of misgendering something. A lot of these schools like Yale canceled Halloween because they were like, you know, it's culturally insensitive, Halloween, certain costumes. But you can say kill an entire race of people. Like, it's backwards. Uh, we're talking to Kat Kamek, and we're excited about it. Uh, superstar representative from the 3rd Congressional District of the state of Florida. Uh, with Kevin McCarthy announcing a resignation today, is there like mm-hmm. a keg? Do you guys throw a keg party or something? How does that work? Do guys get a going away party? Like, I know nothing about your job, to be honest with you. Uh, how does that work? <laughs> oh, Jimmy, I see. I'm well behaved today because I, I was about to say something. Very, very funny, but I held back just because, you know, it's daytime radio and we're trying to keep it clean for the kids. Um, I know you're disappointed. No, uh, you know, I told uh, Patrick McHenry yesterday uh, and I have not seen I have not seen Kevin yet today, but um, I told them there will be no going away parties. There will be roasts. <laughs> if, you're, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And That's nothing is, is off the table. It is going to be full blown roast. We're going to have some fun with it. But we really are in the clown car. I mean, we're yeah. now within two um, of losing our majority. And, and I remind folks, last Congress, we lost five members who died. Yep. We are literally a heart attack or a family emergency away from losing the House floor to the Democrats. That's and crazy. so uh, I know that while a lot of people are excited about Kevin leaving, I just remind them that the, the majority that we have here in the House of Representatives it's slim yeah. at best. <laughs> Fair. Fair, so. Kat No, I agree. Well, this is the one issue we run into, though, because I like the idea of an outgoing roast. I think it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you've we should got, bring you in for it. I would, totally, I would MC your roast all day, man. But we have to. Uh, obviously, they're going to want to vote on that. And knowing the McCarthy roast, it'll take 15 confirmation votes before they sign off. So, uh, so we'll see. Hey, Jimmy, I got to actually go vote. They're calling me. Oh, right it's now. go time, Kamek. Give them <laughs> hell. Have fun. We're all proud of you, girl. You're the best. Appreciate you. There she goes. The great cat, Kamek. Playing some odd defense. Some, uh, you know, it's really, it's very funny. I love Kamek. I love her district. I love Florida. Ponte Vidre. Uh, we'll announce uh, my tour dates soon. Uh, but basically, everything's going to kick up in March. And March, April, May are going to be nuts. We're going to be everywhere in the country. So if you guys are out and about, uh, you want to come see the champ, you want me to sign your book, foxnewsbooks.com. We will sign your book. Tonight, if you're watching Failovision, check this out. I am on with Dagan McDowell on the bottom line in the 6 p.m. hour. And then there's a debate tonight. There is a Republican debate tonight. 
between the major contenders for the White House. Wrong. Well, some of the contenders. Nikki Haley is going to be there. Uh, Ron DeSantis is going to be there. Vivek Ramaswamy is going to be there. Chris Christie showing up as well. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Oh, stop it. Trump not on the stage. But this debate that's going down tonight, uh, I am going to be offering post-debate analysis live on Fox Nation. It's a good time to get Fox Nation because, of course, my stand-up special debuts on Fox Nation January the 8th. In the meantime, you can watch my Moon Landing Fact or Fiction documentary. It's a banger. And uh, tonight you could watch us react to the debate. They're sending in me, Will Kane. Pete Hegseth, and Rachel Campos Duffy, and we're trying something new. Because as you would imagine, when there's a serious presidential debate, Fox has the A-team political analysts out there, the Brett Bears of the world, the Brett Humes of the world, the Dana Perinos of the world, okay, the big-time brains. Okay, tonight what we're doing on Nation is we're taking the big-time brains of Hegseth and Will Kane and Rachel Campos Duffy, and they're experimenting by adding me to that mix and seeing if we can tactfully, tactfully, add some levity to debate analysis, meaning we're going to obviously analyze and dissect their approach on the issues and the presence they have in the debate stage. But at the same time, they're going to allow me to liven it up a little bit because it's Fox Nation. And uh, it's an, absolutely positively an experiment. But let's be honest, guys. I've nailed every other role they gave me. I'm not going to screw this one up. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. I'm just being silly. But we will make it work. We'll do great, okay? Because uh, obviously this is the part you guys don't get. Uh, maybe a lot of you do. Everybody I work with here is so much smarter than me that I just know where the brakes need to be hit. Like when you see me on America's Newsroom with Bill and Dana, they are outscoring me on an IQ test by a combined probably 500 points. So I know when to let them talk us into Smartville. I know when I need to answer them with a fact, and I know when I need to answer them with a joke. That's it. That's how I'm making this work. I understand the limitations of me, and there's an old Lucille Ball theory where, you know, she always looked brilliant on TV because she just did the things she knows how to do. What do I know how to do? I can tell jokes, and, yeah, I'm pretty good with the fork and knife. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. Okay, maybe so. But the point is we'll make it work. Kat Kamek heading back to the floor for a vote. I have to tell you, a very reserved version of Kat Kamek, which is funny because she opened the call with a fart joke. She said specifically, Josh, can you weigh in on this? She's gone now. We're not, she's not being recorded. Did she just say to me, I really like that intro, or it just could be all the gas I have right now? Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> gas or gasoline in some form was mentioned. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't gasoline. She didn't say she was sniffing gas. Uh, upon further review, the play stands as called. Cat Kamek comes in on a fart joke and then cuts the interview short. She goes, you know, I was going to say something. You already said something, Kamek. These are the people who run our government. But understand the larger point she made. Kevin McCarthy is resigning at the end of the year. The Republican majority in the House is down to two. Okay, I want you to realize this. I don't carry weight for a political party. We as a people entrusted the Republicans to take back the House of Representatives and execute our will. Okay, the Republicans have been a laughingstock in the House of Representatives. Yeah, they're doing a ramped up Hunter Biden investigation led by James Comer. Hunter's a dirtbag. And he's found plenty. We can leave you with some of it at the end of the show. But the majority is we're on our third speaker. <laughs> we've had temporary speakers. We've had McCarthy. We've had Johnson. We've had eight other people voted on. 
Okay, the debt has grown despite the fact that we have the power of the purse. We have not gotten away from continuing resolutions, which means we can maintain the status quo spending model that was deployed before we took back the House. So the deliverable for the American people on behalf of the Republican Party is non-existent, and you can't blame Democrats. Blaming Democrats is a way to look at politics as the team sport that it is, but it's not a way to fix the country. Okay, the people we send to Washington get sent with a very specific job. They're not doing that job. So I like Kat Kamek. It's not a bash on Kat Kamek. She was great. Uh, But the reality is the Republican Party as a whole does not deserve our unilateral support just because you don't like Democrats. What we need is we need people who know how to do the job. And sadly, there's not a hell of a whole lot of them out there in Washington right now. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. You're sitting on the bottom line with David McDowell and Sean Duffy. Also offering a post-debate analysis tonight on Fox Nation as the Republicans get back in the ring. And uh, the hot rumor, we haven't confirmed this, but Waters just texted me. Uh, Jesse asked me to do his show in the 8 p.m. hour this evening, but we are not confirmed. It's a story they're trying to cover pending breaking news. So if you see me on Waters World tonight in a much better sport jacket than the one he's wearing, uh, as is always the case, uh, that'll be the reason why. In the meantime, uh, I round out my time here with you today, uh, a time that i got to be honest, this was a fantastic show today. <laughs> They're rough in the control room. Rough critics. Rough critics, I tell you. But uh, one of the things we didn't really get to in substance that, you know, you, know, you might have something to say about this, Senator Dick Durbin, the great state of Illinois, grading on a curve, uh, was asked by our own Hillary Vaughn yesterday. She saw him in the halls. Why no one wants to subpoena the flight logs from Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Very interesting interaction here. Clip 43. Why won't you subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? So who are you? Hillary Vaughn with Fox. With Fox, of course. Uh, Of course. I don't know anything about his flight logs. Why won't you subpoena them? Why don't you want to know? I don't know the issue. I know who Epstein was. But I certainly don't know anything about the issue. Well, he was charged with sex trafficking, so why don't you want to know who was utilizing his private plane? Never been raised by anyone. Senator Blackburn has wanted to subpoena them, and there hasn't been a vote in your committee. Not a word to me. Not a word. But aren't you curious, like, what high-profile or powerful people might be closeted predators and pedophiles? Does that concern you? So why won't you subpoena them if you can? It's the first time anyone has raised it. Thank you, Fox. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Why, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit. Do you see how, and this is so important as to how politicians avoid accountability, they pivot to labels, and that gives their side the permission to tune out the substance. Oh, you're with Fox, of course. And that's a signal to everybody on the left that sees him on the wrong side of this debate to go, oh, Fox, they're bad. Oh, bad Fox. I guess, no, forget the girls being trafficked. Forget the human trafficking and the sex slaves. Not important. She's with Fox, honey. 
Let's go slap another coexist sticker on the car. Let's get a hate has no home here sign for the front lawn. And then, come on, we're late for the kill the Jews rally. Okay, that's who they are. They run on intellectual laziness, people whose emotions are their facts, people who can hide behind labels. Okay, Dick Durbin, who has the authority to subpoena the flight logs for Jeffrey Epstein, doesn't want to do it. Why? Because there are a lot of elite and powerful people out there. And Jeffrey Epstein's death is proof that politicians can still get things done on a bipartisan basis. Most powerful elites in this world were tied to Epstein Island at one point or another. Okay, a lot of uh, former presidents. This is not okay. Okay, (laughs) and uh, you know British royals. Okay, things went on. And if a guy is accused of running an international sex trafficking ring, dies under suspicious circumstances, you can tell me he hung himself. Fine, I'll play along. Okay, but the fact remains. The government never showed any interest in getting to the bottom of who helped him do the trafficking. This is very unique because it's never happened in any other investigation but his, which just makes you wonder. The show's over. Pay up. Get out. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.